Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is... Going to do the same thing again year after year? Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode three hundred and seventy-six, coming to you on Wednesday, July 29th. It is Media Day in the Pat. Well, no, no, it's not. It's it's not Pat Twelve Media Day. Uh, no, this is this is COVID season still. We're going to talk about COVID season. We're also going to play a new game here on the podcast called Only Skinnect. And I can't not wait for it. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited to find out if anybody out there has ever heard of the game show that we're going to be playing. Probably not. Probably not. But it'll give reason for people to look it up. Uh, And we're also going to wrap this thing up with a good old uh, mailbag, as always, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, Rain of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rain of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Rain of Troy. Our email address is Rain of Troy at fansite.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1USC, second What's Burn Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host, here in the Rain of Troy studios in Los Angeles, Lisa Dare Toilet. Hello, everybody. Hello. I think I screwed up your name there. Our, our toilet. Is uh, it our toilet? No worse than any you know cold caller has ever has ever done. What do you to, usually to get for, for a cold call? Atola. Atola. De, de, de tola. De tola. De tola. Um, which I get it. It's it's not like a super super conventional name, right? But I laugh because it's a very easy name to pronounce. If you like a lot of the Polynesian names, you sort of psych yourself out of it. Just pronounce each like segment of of letters. Day or D. If you say D, I don't care. Day, R, T, O, L, A. Very easy. Day, R, T, O, L, A. R, T, O, L, A. Yeah. R, T, O, L, A. Very simple. We, and your first got... name is Alicia, not Alicia. It's Alicia. Yes. Correct. Uh, I don't care. 
on you that should front, care. Your name you, is not Alicia. You care more than I do because but, your name's not Alicia. But it is Alicia. Absolutely, Alicia. Alicia. Exactly, Alicia, not uh, Alicia. But yeah, and your name is Mikhail, not Michael. God, why? <laughs> why do we have a podcast? <laughs> Usually, I mean, obviously, I get Castillo, Castello, Castello. You gotten Castello? Oh yeah, for sure. That's amazing. There's a million things that all those uh, all those mispronunciations are plenty. Uh, speaking of mispronunciations, probably gonna be more coming your way on this podcast because we're gonna start having to preview the season, the season that might not happen. So coming soon over on Patreon. Next month at the beginning of August, assuming the season's going down, the annual uh, fall camp preview series going through each uh, unit for the Trojans, unit by unit, the defensive line, uh, the linebackers, the secondary, all that going through, uh, and a bunch of new faces for the Trojans here as we get into the 2020 season. That, of course, will be on Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Raider Troy, where you can get all of our bonus episodes for as little as five fifty five per month. Also, including that five fifty five per month, ad-free episodes of the main show. If you just want uh, ad-free episodes, you don't like the bonus content, you can join for three thirty three a month, or you want all of that and more for ten bucks, you get to join the Rot Crew and our Slack channel. Yeah, and uh, and I'm really excited to do those season previews. I would be much more excited to do those season previews knowing that we will have gotten some fall camp action to maybe base some stuff on. That would help. Yeah. Which we can't necessarily guarantee, but we, with or without fall camp action, we will absolutely do our best to get you ready uh, and familiarize you once more with the 2020 USC football squad uh, from, you know, getting down into the strengths and weaknesses of each unit, players you need to know, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, aside from that, obviously, we're, we're continuing with uh, Skliff Notes uh, and all sorts of other bonus content. Uh, we should, we should, I think, be recording a final core time episode on Breaking Bad. Yeah, we, we, we finished, finished the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff coming up on the Patreon. How old the thing when Flynn after. dies? <laughs> uh, good old Flynn. The, the one totally redeemable character in the entire show, but we'll leave that for the... Uh, for the, the, the pun. Yes, indeedy. But first, let's get to the news. We'll be right back. All right, Alicia, let's start talking about the news, the latest on COVID-19 and how it affects the 2020 USA football season, uh, which is suddenly going to look different. We've talked about this before. There are no longer non-conference games on the season. Out is Alabama. Out is Notre Dame. Out is New Mexico. Uh, It's going to be a Pac-12-only slate. And according to John Wilner, it's going to be a 10-game conference schedule beginning on September 19th. The presidents will be meeting on Friday. Maybe we'll get some... Some more details there. According to Brett McMurphy of Stadium, he reports some new matchups and additional games uh, being that 10th game. Everyone had already been scheduled nine games. 
Now there's going to be a 10th game. Uh, Alicia, tell us about those. Yeah, so this is according to Brett McMurphy, so it's not official yet. We probably won't get an official word until that Pac-12 presidents meeting on Friday. Whether we get that on Friday or sometime later on after that, we'll see. But it looks like it will be Arizona at Cal. It'll be Arizona State at Stanford. It'll be Colorado at Oregon State. It'll be Oregon at Utah. It'll be UCLA at Washington, and it'll be Washington State at USC. Uh, the ats in there are my own flourish. Um, they're based solely that those weren't included in Brett McMurphy's reporting. He just had the the matchups. But when you look at it, USC had four home games in their Pac-12 schedule, so they're going to get a fifth. Like they're not going to give Washington State a sixth home game uh, in that schedule. So that's a, a little bit of a flourish there for me, but. Certainly an interesting uh, concept. There were some people asking, like we had somebody ask Brandon Troy on Twitter, why go to 10 games and not 11? Well, they have a limited amount of time to get this whole season done. If they start on September 19th and they are tentatively supposed to finish the season on the weekend of, or have the the Pac-12 title game on the weekend of the December 11th, that gives them 12 weeks to work with, 12 weekends. And you could go to 11 games, but then you'd only have the one bye week. And you're kind of giving yourself a lack of flexibility here that you absolutely need to deal with hosting a season uh, during these these times of pandemic. We're, we're, you know, around the country right now, we're seeing the Marlins have had to cancel games in MLB because of a, a, a major outbreak on that squad. Uh, we're seeing Michigan State and Rutgers have to quarantine their entire teams because of outbreaks. Uh, in in their in their uh, programs, so you want to have that extra week to maybe reschedule a game if you really need to. Uh, if you can't get the season started on September nineteenth, then you can push those opening games into that extra bye week that you have. If something comes up and you can't play a game mid season, you can push the that game uh, into an extra into an extra bye week. So it makes a lot of sense to go to ten. It's just a bummer that USC is going to miss out on Oregon State. But I don't know about you, Michael. I look at these these pairings, and I think USC probably comes away, perhaps winning this 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 whole thing. Yeah, uh, th- there were two teams that SC did not have on the schedule in the Pac-12, and it was Washington State and it was Oregon State. And either way, relatively, those were more advantageous than UCLA, for instance, because. UCLA had the option of adding Washington or Oregon. Yeah. They're obviously probably going to add Washington, as we see with the report from Brett McMurphy. And but, Utah was lose, was missing Oregon and Washington, so they got Oregon. Yeah. And and that's 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 a big uh, a big change for, for USC to get Washington State, especially when this is the year to get the Kooks. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Washington State's a bad football team. I think they're pretty good. I think I'm really excited to see what... Nick Rolovich can do in Pullman, especially in year one. I'm super fascinated to see how that experiment goes. There's a chance that he just plugs and plays his guys and uses the existing air raid personnel there and takes off. The air raid is different than the run and shoot that he's running. Um, So maybe there'll be a learning curve. I don't know. Either way, this is the year to see. Um, Rather than down the line when he's had the chance to really you know, make his mark, uh, given his potential as an up-and-coming head coach in college football. So 
you you have to like this development for SC. It only helps USC's chance of winning the Pac-12 South, uh, especially when you consider again that Utah now has to play the Ducks that they didn't before, and Oregon should should theoretically uh, beat Utah, even though that game is at Rice Eccles, an empty Rice Eccles, right. which takes the teeth out of Rice Eccles. The great equalizer there, and this may be a hot take, but like you said. This might, it, like, if I had given you the choice, okay, Michael, you get to decide. Does USC have to play Oregon State or do they have to play Washington State? If you came to me with that question, I might have said Washington State. Washington State has been a stronger team over the last few years, that's for sure, certain. But Nick Rolovich is an experiment, like you said. We don't know how he's going to adjust to the Pac-12, especially right. in times like these. Um, it's the worst possible moment for a team to be onboarding a new coach. Bad mm-hmm. enough that USC has to onboard new defensive coaches, but to in, to onboard an entirely new staff in these times is very, very difficult. Yep. Meanwhile, Oregon State, Jonathan Smith has been building something there, and they kind of look like the upstarty kind of uh, squad that Colorado was a couple of years ago. A little bit. I a little bit. And so... They are hoping to get Jamar Jefferson back and mm-hmm. helping. And they have a, a Rubicar, um, uh, their, their linebacker who's getting on all of the watch lists. Le- leads the uh, conference in sacks, I believe. Yeah, one. yeah. So, and meanwhile, Washington State, they don't have Anthony Gordon. They're going to be plugging in a new quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback. They yep. don't have another FCS senior to come in and, and, and plug and play right away. So, yeah, I think this is the year to to feel pretty confident about that Washington State matchup, especially when... The dark horse in the Pac-12 South gets Washington. That's UCLA. Uh, when the favorite, allegedly, in the Pac-12 South, Utah, gets the favorite in the North. and I, I wouldn't call Utah the favorite. Well, I USC think SC is, is, is okay, strongly the favorite. One of the biggest challengers to USC in the South is Utah. And right. they get Oregon, so yeah. there's no hiding there. Arizona State, maybe. I, I think if you're Arizona State... They, they get State, Stanford, which... which what Stanford are you going to get? Are you going to get yeah. the Stanford from last year? Then that's a, that's a benefit for ASU as well. Right. Um, but otherwise, who knows? That, that's, yeah. that, that's a so, good thing. So ASU is not in the same position as UCLA and Oregon where their schedule gets demonstratively harder because right. of this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Stanford is a David Shaw coach team. And I have said many, many times, I don't bet against David Shaw and Stanford. And I think that if you were Arizona State and you had the option between do you play Stanford or do you play Washington State, if I'm Arizona State, I'd probably say I'd rather play Washington State because of all the reasons we just said. So um, it it feels like this 10th game is a great schedule equalizer for USC, knowing that USC came into this with the toughest schedule in the Pac-12. The interesting thing, though, is even though we can say, you know, know, coming into this year, it was the toughest schedule in the Pac-12. I think everything over the the last you know several months has made USC schedule more and more and more and more and more manageable. If this season gets played out, uh, think about it. Not only is Notre Dame off the schedule, and not only is Alabama off the schedule, two teams that SC more than likely was going to be underdogs against, uh, especially Alabama, obviously. Um, but not only are those two games no longer on the schedule, now you you are not going to have to go against uh, the the crowd noise in Eugene or in Salt Lake City and, and Autzen or Rice Eccles takes the teeth out of those road games. 
SC's in a very, very, very good position right now. Um, mind you, it's all going to be, you know, depending on the, if these games are played, what SC can do. We know this is a team under under Clay Helton that has dropped games that they shouldn't. BYU last year, uh, the year before, you look at Cal and ASU and UCLA. Like all like, of the above. <laughs> right. So it, it's, it's not to say that SC is going to just, you know, uh, run through the schedule or whatnot, but it's significantly easier than it was before. And we were already saying how this was a team uh, in the Trojans that had a shot at putting together a special year when you look at all the talent that is coming back. Which is an interesting conundrum, I think, for USC fans who are acceler- accelerationists. If you looked at this, I mean, the, the, the jokes make themselves about Clay Helton benefiting greatly from this, but like Clay Helton probably benefits greatly from all of this. And I have said before that I think it'll be very difficult for USC to fire him uh, after this season, mainly because I think USC is going to outperform a reasonable firing. Uh, but when you look at the way that the schedule has come together now in the long term, I have I, I wrote on com that losing that Alabama, sorry, not losing that Alabama game, although USC was going to lose that Alabama game, but not getting to play that Alabama game is a long term negative for USC because that was going to be the proving ground. Either Clay Hilton can beat Alabama or he can't. And if he can't, then there's no point in persisting. And he didn't have to beat him. He just um, had play to him tough. Yeah, yeah, play him tough. And so, and, and and to be fair to Clay Helton, um, even though I don't think that they were going to to necessarily beat or play Alabama as tough as they need to, if he had done that, then Clay Helton all of a sudden legitimizes himself in a way that he now can't this season. Because again, you're going to look at anything USC does this season, any success is going to be well. Look at how the schedule got aped. Like look at how the schedule got cut out in the knees. So of course USC ran through this whole thing. If you had Alabama, if you had Notre Dame, you had really key proving grounds. And for better or for worse for Clay Helton, they were going to help clarify to Mike Bone, to the decision makers, he's your guy or he's not your guy. Now, a lot of USC fans have already decided he's not the guy. Um, that's that's certainly not in contention. But, like, if he is the guy, then this he loses an opportunity to, con- to, to change hearts and minds this year. Uh, because it's just going to be sort of stagnation. He, he, he can win the Pac-12 and no one's going to come into 2021 thinking any better of him uh, because the the negativity is is so strong. Um, but, uh, you know, on the flip side, if he had lost to Alabama like people thought he would, if he loses to Notre Dame and Oregon at Otson and, and Utah at Rice-Eccles and all that kind of stuff, it makes it the Mike Bone decision a lot easier. So this whole thing is like a perfect storm of like making things so easy that you don't then learn anything. Like, you and I have had conversations about, like, video games. We're, we're playing the F1 uh, game on, on PS4 right now. And, like, it's important to set your AI difficulty high enough that you're challenging yourself, especially when you're starting a new a new team and you're supposed to be on you know, the bottom rung. And it's no fun if you come out and start winning races when you're the Oregon State of it all. Um, you right. you want to have to build things up. So if you're playing your season now on like 20% AI, when you really should be playing it at 70% and finding out how, how good you really are, then I worry that everything will become meaningless. Yeah. Am I overthinking that? I think uh, I might be bit. overthinking uh, it. A little bit, but I, I think if there's football, we're going to be so happy to see football be played that I think that some of that will go away. Uh, 
some of that. Um, at the same point, what is the what is the the postseason situation? If there's still um, the uh, New Year's Six Bowls, or if there's still a playoff, that could absolutely be the validating point there. Um, on the flip side of this, I would argue we're, we're talking about how much easier the schedule is, or at least more manageable. Well, if they if they can't get through they, this, if they can't get through this, then what are they going to get through? Yeah. So I, I'm not saying SC needs to be ten and zero. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying they need to look impressive based on the advantages that they have, not only in schedule, but in talent, uh, in returning talent, and all that stuff. There, there's no reason why this team can't win eight of those ten games. Well, let's talk um, win-loss totals, because I had sort of firmly settled on a 9-3 and three kind of uh, perspective, right. and that gave some cushion around... You're probably going to lose to Alabama, but now you have some things to play with as far as, you know, one of Notre Dame or Oregon, you got to win one of those games uh, and then pick your rando, shouldn't lose this, but you're going to because injuries or whatever, um, or just bad management, whatever it turns out to be. Nine and three felt like a pretty good number for me. Yep. I look at a 10 game schedule and I almost go, well, now we're looking, you still got to win nine games. You still got to go nine and one. Because now you don't have Alabama and Notre Dame to, to weigh you down. Right. Yeah, in, in theory, absolutely. Um, I'm still looking at it as, I, I think 8-2 and two is reasonable. Uh, and the reason I say that, and it sounds crazy to say 8-2, and two, like 8-2 and two sounds so good. But again, you're, you're, you're taking out a lot of the challenges of the schedule. There's so many... So many quarterbacks are gone this season. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Washington... Washington, Utah, mm-hmm. uh, Oregon, uh, Stanford. So many teams are having to break in new quarterbacks. I, I think SC needs to go eight and two at least. And the reason you go eight and two, what are the two you losses? have the you have the Oregon loss, and then I I don't think it's the end of the world if they lose to Cal, if they lose to Utah, if they lose to uh, maybe ASU, like one of those of, of those three. I don't think it's the end of the world. This again, this is this is COVID. We're talking about a COVID yeah, year. COVID, yeah. Anything could happen, and that's the other thing that's going to make us look silly talking about these wins and losses. It might be, you know, we might sit here and say, "Well, SC needs to go nine and one," and then what happens if two weeks into the season they're without AVT or uh, Keaton Slovis uh, gets COVID, and then all of a sudden you got you got to throw in Matt Fink in there. The entire thing changes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and if so, so it's hard to put those win losses. If you're missing on guys because of COVID, that's one thing. And I, mind you, COVID will affect both teams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I am tending towards the idea of making injury excuses for USC at this point means USC is doing something wrong because the number of injuries they've had over the last four or five years have been astoundingly ridiculous. Right to the point where I no longer think USC just has bad luck. USC is doing something Except- wrong. The the weird thing is, and we know COVID. We COVID in in a way, like how how can you blame them for getting? COVID? Oh no, and that's the thing. COVID COVID injuries or COVID absences are totally an right. aside. That's an like act of God yeah, situation. Sure. At the at the same point, there could be a situation. That I'm not just saying. I see it could be any school um, that just manages the COVID protocols poorly. 
Yeah. And then that that's becomes on them. Uh, an issue on them too. So right. who knows? There's a million things can can, either, can be a play here. Either way, I'm looking at it, and the more I look at it, the more I think USC should not lose to any team in the South. I think there are too many yeah. reasons to be Utah. There are too many reasons to be UCLA. And I think the symbolic... I think I, I the more I, I consider it, the more I think that ASU game is critical because there's yeah. something about what Herm Edwards is doing in ASU on the recruiting front, um, the the vibe that ASU is giving. You, if you are USC, you need to nip that in the bud. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. I think that in in a perfect world, SC wins sweeps the South. Uh, win the division that way. And if you lose to Oregon and Washington, I, I can Oregon, live with that. Oregon, Oregon and Cal. And Cal yeah. I, can, I can live with that, so yeah. long as they're not blowouts. Yeah, we will see. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and play a new game here on Intro Radio. I can't wait for this. I, I, I really hope it translates to the radio. <laughs> we will see. We will see. All right, everybody, welcome back to Rantoptura Radio. It is the debut of only Skinnect. It is our version. Actually, no, we should the... be playing classical music. This is true. This <laughs> I was just true. thinking, I just did like a who wants to be a millionaire situation. And if you've ever seen the game that this is based on, you know that classical music is playing while <laughs> British people act very smartly. Yes. Uh, only Connect, uh, which is on BBC Four. Uh, for for those of you in the Commonwealth, uh, specifically in Britain, uh, and it is a tremendous game show. It's also on YouTube. We've been binging the YouTube version. Um, so many of the episodes are on YouTube. It's literally what it talks about. The game is about connecting things. Uh, there the are... game is also about British people being. Very, very, very smart British people. Yes. Proving how very, 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 very smart they are. Yeah. While being exceptionally British. And us dumb Americans yes. are going to come in here and ruin the show. Well, we watch it because I watch Only Connect because I never feel more dumb than when I watch Only Connect. But in a really funny kind of like when you accept your lot in life and you understand that some people are just that much smarter than you and have mm-hmm. PhDs for a reason. Yeah, it's it's better than Jeopardy in that sense. It's, yes, much yeah. better. Uh, so we're going to play two rounds of Only Connect. The first round is all about finding the connection. The way this is going to work, uh, we have each come up with three um, connections uh, with four clues for the other person. So here's an example. Uh, there so is. So you you get four. You are given four clues, yes. one at a time. One at a time. And you have to. The answer is what the connection between those four things is. Correct. So if you get the connection on clue one, you get five points. If you get the connection on clue two, you get three points. Clue three, you get two points. And if you need all four clues to get it, you get one point. Correct. If you get it. Yes. So, for example, if clue one was Matt Leinert, it could be anything, right? So you're probably not going to guess, but maybe you could throw out a guess. And if you get it wrong, you're done. So you you got to be careful. Clue two is Marcus Allen, right? And you're like, okay, well, it could be any sort of thing. All Americans, uh, 
players who won who wore players digits who, with the, that are the same number one one and three three like players who knows what it could be first name starts with ma it could be something it could be anything as that anything right and then the third one is charles white and you're like mm, well i don't know what it could be now and then you still don't know you get to clue for it it's reggie bush and then you're like i got it it's usc heisman trophy winners you say that and you get one point that that is how it works we've each come with uh, each put together three connections for the other one, named after streets around USC's campus. Uh, no. This is strictly a uh, picking the order of of, uh, of operations here. For the record, this is far less pretentious than the actual Only Connect, which when we first started watching it used uh, Greek letters. Yeah. And they got uh, feedback that that was too pretentious, so they switched to Egyptian hieroglyphs. <laughs> that is only connect. Folks. And we are going to save you having to pick uh, Eye of Horus or Twisted Flax uh, or two, Double Reeds, whatever. Yeah, whatever, because I couldn't name them. Because, again, are. I'm the yeah. dumb one watching this. <laughs> uh, so, Alicia, pick a category. Uh, you've got Figueroa, Jefferson, or Vermont. And we will see if you can name the cl- the connection. All right. I'm going to go with Jefferson. Jefferson. The first clue for you, Alicia, is John Vela. John oh, dear. Vela. I think I think you and I may have looked up the same thing. Did we? So I am going to go out on a limb. Unless you you unless you sideswipe me here, but I'm gonna go out on the win and swing for the fences. I'm going for this five points. USC players who went to Notre Dame High School. Shut the hell up! Yeah. Are the you ne- kidding me? Clue two is gonna be someone like Carrie Harris. Clue three is gonna be someone like Garrett Green, and clue four is going to be either Wes or Shane Horton. What the hell? <laughs> Are you cheating? No, I This is not good radio. <laughs> Um, clue three and clue two was exactly carrie harris clue three was justin fargus and clue three was garrett green oh oh, so you went with justin fargus okay yeah yeah yes the connection (laughs) is usc letterman from notre dame high school in sherman oaks my alma mater yeah and so you get five points five points coming up the top rope at the beginning five Mind points you, if you watch only connect no one ever gets the five points no because it's extremely rare <laughs> because usually they're not the ones who are coming up with their own categories for uh for other people because i considered yeah. giving i considered giving you that category to try and stop john you. vela an all-american offensive tackle yeah. in 1971 john, john vela who was from my old neck of the woods van nuys Yes, yeah. and he went to... Notre Dame High School, just like me. Damn! Yeah. Okay, all right. Struggle. Struggle bus city. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> all right, uh, so that means that you, it is now your turn to uh, to go ahead and pick from one of the options, with one of the street names, which we're going to go with Expo, Hoover, and McClintock. Uh, let's go with McClintock. All righty. So McClintock, and uh, for the benefit of you, but not the viewers, I'm going to my alternate because the original was the <laughs> same question that you just asked. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Okay, so the first clue is James Harbin. 
Okay, this is terrible radio. It's, it's USC Letterman from Narbonne. <laughs> oh, see, we just had a whole conversation about how I worry that this is going to be too hard. And, uh, like... I went to school with James Harbin. Oh, okay. See, okay, but for the record, I was going to throw the Notre Dame alumni at you. Would you have been able to get them before looking it up? Uh, I think I would have gotten it once I got to Justin Fargus. Okay. Like if like if I would have done it for myself, once I got to Justin Fargus and Garrett Green, I would have, I would have got it. What if you had been given Carrie Harris, Garrett Green, West? Well, Horton. Garrett Green, I already knew. Oh, uh, see, so Carrie Harris, Garrett Green, and West Hort- Horton, and Shane Horton. The the Hortons and the Greens and Fargus. Those yeah. were the ones that I knew. Yeah. Um. Okay. So for your question, it was James Harbin, Chen Nwosu, Raymond Scott, and I had to throw Jake Garcia in there. Mm-hmm. Um. Because even Byron Moore. Not at USC yet. He didn't come up in the, uh, I mean, I I guess I checked the media guide, but for whatever reason, he didn't come up. So Another guy you could have put in there? Uh, Buddha Tucker. Oh, also? Tucker. Went to Narbonne, then transferred to Sarah. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Well, our first round was... uh, (laughs) the, The first... The first round is is going... It's going to get a lot tougher. That was easily the easiest one that I had on board. All right. Alicia, Figueroa or Vermont? Let's go Figueroa. Okay, Figueroa, your first clue, again, find the connection. Your first clue is Memphis. Oh. Memphis. Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. All right, uh, clue two, please. Clue number two is going to be Kansas State. Memphis, Kansas State. Can you find the connection? Uh... Let's go clue. Th- hold on. Um, the the thing I'm thinking about is like coaching stops and that kind of thing, but I'm not certain yet. So let's go clue three, please. Clue three is going to be Alabama. Uh, Alabama. Huh. Can you get it for two points? And you name the connection. It might be something like uh, Memphis, Kansas State, Alabama. It might be something like season, like out of conference games, um, but I'm not confident at all because I don't remember Memphis being an out of conference like season opener or anything like that. So I'm gonna have to go down to clue four, please. Notre Dame. Uh... Clue one. Memphis, clue two, Kansas State, clue three, Alabama, and clue four, Notre Dame. You were you were trying to get one point to name the connection of all those four schools. Memphis, Kansas State, Alabama, and Notre Dame. Um, they all have a winning record against USC. Damn! There you yeah. go. Pulling it in, <laughs> boy. You've gotten both of them. That's gonna give you six points. Uh. Five points in the in in the very first one, uh, and you get one point for that one. Teams USC has a losing record against. Zero and one all time against Memphis, losing in nineteen ninety. Uh, they are zero and two against K State, two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, two and six all time against Alabama, and of course Notre Dame has a winning record against the Trojans. See, and that's it. it was the Alabama and Notre Dame. The only thing I could think of that connects those two was USC's losing record. Yeah. And then I remembered that USC had lost to K-State 
early on in this century. Mm-hmm. I, I, Memphis, I was taking a, a wild guess, but between those three, I thought it was. I, I think uh, I thought I it was a decent guess. Older, you're you're probably about fifteen years too young. Uh, anyone who who in their in their forties, fifties, first thought would have been losses teams that SC lost to. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, which might have and mind you, it was Memphis State at the time, uh, but now it is Memphis. Uh, Alicia, I will take uh, Hoover. Give me Hoover. Okay, you take Hoover, and clue one is Chauncey Washington. Okay, so this could be USC running backs. Uh, if we're talking high schools, it could be uh, Trojans from South Torrance High. Um, <laughs> could be uh, USC recruits in the 2003 class. I don't know. Uh, so let's uh, let's see clue two, and I, I will hold on to my formal guess here. Okay, Sharice Wright. Chauncey Washington and Sharice Wright. So, Sharice Wright got to SC, I believe, in 2006. He was in that 2006 class. Him and Alan Bradford were teammates at, uh, I want to say, was it Colton High? Or was it were they Corona Centennial guys? I think Colton. Uh, th- this is not my. I was not following recruiting so enough at the time. I, I can't think of a connection there. So give me Q three. Okay, clue three is Isaiah Wiley. Um, so now we've got Washington Wright and Wiley. Um. Uh, so th- there's two connections I'm thinking of here. Uh, one of them. Um, has to do with their last names. Uh, the second one, which I think is the one that you're going at, uh, which will be my formal guess, Alicia, players who are academically ineligible. That is correct. Clue four would have been a dead giveaway, Jalen Cope Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. And all four of them missed a season at USC, were declared yeah. not just ineligible, uh, but for ineligible for an entire yeah. season. Yeah. Um, I also thought about throwing Jack Jones in there. But he uh-huh. didn't actually stay at USC long enough to have his... You, uh, you could have put in um, Curtis McNeil. Yes. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It's so you got Isaiah one Wiley, point. One you those, got two points. Yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Wiley, one of those players who Lane Kiffin found and was really good uh, in, was it 2011? And then 2012, he got... He, he had uh, academically academic ineligible. problems. That, yeah. yeah. Isaiah Wiley, who spells his name the worst of the ways to spell Isaiah, for the record. I-S-I-A-H. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So after two, I lead seven to six. Uh, Alicia, we go to Vermont. Here is your clue one for the final connection that I've made for you in round one of this game. Uh, It is Sam Cunningham. Um, Sam Bam, my boy. Uh, I don't have enough to take a shot in the dark, though, so clue two, please. Sean Cody. Sean Cody. Huh. Huh. I have no idea what the connection between those two could be except for SNC. So we're going to go clue three, please. Sewer Cravens. Sewer Cravens. Well, now you could be faking me out. I was laughing when you talked about Chauncey Washington, Sharice Wright, and Isaiah (laughs) Wiley because that was totally accidental, the W connection there. So, like, maybe this is a... 
uh, like a, a, a fake out, but I'm trailing you by one point. So I'm going to go for it. They all have names that begin in S and C. Alicia, Official guess. You are correct. <sighs> Stephen Carr was clue four. Yes. This is UFC Trojans with the initials SC. That is the connection. You get it. You go up eight to <sighs> seven. Uh, big get for you there. Yeah. Yeah. That I really thought you might be faking me out there. Well, the first two are all Americans. Yeah. And, and so that, that makes it a, a little tough there. Sua, definitely not. But someone who you might think would be an all-American. So I was kind of playing up the angle that maybe you might get caught up on that, but oh, Stephen Carr was the last. Don't worry, I am very keenly aware that Sue Cravens is not an All American. <laughs> I know, like it's one of, the, one of the biggest crimes for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I will take uh, the last one, which would be Expo. Yeah, Michael is on Expo. The first clue for the Expo category is Ricky Bell. All right, could be anything. Give me clue two. Okay, clue two is Ryan Colleen. Throwing you off there, didn't I? <laughs> no, because I think I know where this is going. I think it's a scoring thing. Um, mm, can make Q3, Clue 3. Okay, you've got Ricky Bell, Ryan Colleen, and Clue 3 is John Houston Jr. No, see, this is why you go to Clue 3. Yes. And you don't just throw out a guess that is incorrect. Because you might get uh, something yes. Ricky way Bell, more random. Ricky Bell, Ryan Colleen... John Houston. Ricky Bell, Ryan Colleen, John Houston. Literally nothing is connecting those four to me. Uh not their numbers. Uh give me the last one. Alright. You've got Ricky Bell, Ryan Colleen, John Houston, and clue four is Drake London. Are they all players named after cities? Bell, California, Colleen, Texas, Houston, Texas, London, Ontario, and in London, Britain? Yes. Is it really? Yes. Ricky Bell was the- Ricky Bell. I mean- Bell- It works. Bell, California, Colleen, Texas, Houston, Texas, and London, England. Now, this one, for the record, I- immediately thought about Drake London and I thought I wonder if anyone else in USC history has a name that was also a city so I went through USC's Letterman <laughs> list to find people <laughs> well I'm like looking at it and like I saw Houston and London together and yeah. that's when it pieced it together for me yeah well I knew London was gonna have to be clue four because it might be too obvious right. London being such a visceral sure. uh, yeah. city name so you get the one point there so we are now tied I, I'm I'm loving this. Coming out of round See, one. I was thinking Ricky Bell and Ryan Clean. It was going to be something like scoring, scoring leaders, scoring titles. Yeah. Something to that effect. Uh, but not the case. Uh, we Good go to though. round two. Uh, round one was all about finding the connection. You get clues and you find what is the connection between those. Round two is a little bit harder. It's about finishing the connection. It's about finishing the connection and connecting the sequence. For example, if clue one is Daniels, clue two is Slovis, clue three is Fink, clue four... Would be what? It would be Slovis. That would be the final uh, member of the sequence. That's what you are trying to guess. Slovis would be that answer because the connection 
is USC starting quarterbacks in 2019, which you don't get a point for. You get a point for finishing the sequence. Yes. So uh, if you get the sequence on clue one, you are a genius and uh, maybe we should just quit the game. But you get five (laughs) points. If you get the connection on clue, if you get the, if you answer the end of the sequence with only the first two clues showing, you get three points. If you answer the sequence uh, on the third clue, then you get two points. So we're upping the ante here. Each question is at minimum worth two points. Correct. Uh, Alicia, I will will pick first here. Yes, so you've got uh, Expo, Hoover, or McClintock possibilities. I'm going to go McClintock since I didn't get McClintock last time. All righty. We're going McClintock. That means your first clue is Kanai Mauga. Yeah, I got nothing. Give me another one. All right. Clue two is Talanoa Hafanga. Huh. Kanai Mauga and Talanoa Hafanga. In a sequence? In a sequence. Give me the next one. Clue three is J2 Fele. Hmm. Would would that be USC's? Wait, hold on. No, I gotta think of the next. You part. have to. You have to. You have to. It's give not the connection. The final. It's, it's, I gotta finish the piece next of the sequence. So yeah. what follows? Kanai Mauga, Talano. Uh, let's Fonga, go. Uh, Isaiah Pulamau. Isaiah Pulamau. Uh, the answer is wrong. Clue four would have been Drake Jackson. That's because this was a list of USC's 2019 sack leaders in ascending wow. order. So Kanai Mauga had three sacks. Talano okay. Hufanga had 3.5 sacks. J2 Fele had 4.5. And Drake Jackson led the team with 5.5 sacks in 2019. The more you know. It's a tough one because I, Mauga I, and Hufanga would not be the ones that you would imagine. Yeah, I, I thought it had to do with... with uh, you don't think of with, them in sacks. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say something about tackling tackles uh, in descending order. And that's why I was thinking IPM. Yeah. Or it could have been John Houston at that point. But yeah. damn, that was, that was a tough one. There you go. No points for me. Still tied at eight. Alicia Figueroa, Jefferson, or Vermont. Which sequence do you want to start with? I'm going to start with Jefferson again. All right. Clue one for the sequence of Jefferson is Juju Smith-Schuster. Huh, okay. Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, Juju. All right. Uh, Next clue, please. That would be Deontay Burnett. Dante huh. Burnett. Can you finish the sequence? One one more clue you can get. Okay. So just off the top of my head, I'm not gonna guess right now, but just off the just to cue into my uh my thought process, Juju and Deontay both caught passes in the twenty seventeen Rose Bowl, and that's immediately where my mind went. Uh, but they're also receivers who are in the NFL, who've gone to the NFL. They're also receivers who've led USC in receiving. Um, so I'm like, I'm wondering if if maybe it'll end up being 
uh, something about USC's leading receiver, but I need the reassurance of Clue 3, please. All right. Q3. Clue 3. I keep saying Q3. <laughs> yep. uh, it's, I got F1 on my mind. Uh, clue 3 is Michael Pittman. Oh. Huh. <sighs> okay. So I think I'm on the right track as far as USC's leading receivers. The problem being, is it receiving yards or receptions? Pittman is throwing me off, though, because, oh, what if this is the leading receivers in 2016? No, because Darius Rogers would have to be in there. 2000. Okay, so Juju led USC in receiving in 2016. Burnett led USC in receiving in 2017. Pittman... Pittman would have led USC in receiving yards in 2018, which means that it's also... Okay, my final answer is the next in the sequence is Michael Pittman. Correct. And that's because it's USC's leading receiving yards receiver. Am I correct? Yes, you are. You're freaking good at this. Uh, it is uh, USC's leading receivers in yards from 2016 to 19. Uh, so that was Juju, Deontay, Pittman, and Pittman again. Uh, Pittman beat Amon Ra by only 8 yards in 2018. And then 243 yards last year. See, and that's what was throwing me off because I knew that Amon Ra had led USC in receptions in 2018, even though it didn't lead them in yards. So then I was like kind of doubling back and, and trying to wiggle my brain around the idea, but yards made the most sense. So I'm, I'm glad I went with that. So I move into the lead, nine to eight. Yep, you get two points for that one. Uh, you take the. Uh, the oh, no, I ten, move up ten, to ten, 10 to eight. Ten eight lane, yeah. Look at me. 10 eight. Uh, Alicia, give me Hoover, please. All righty. Michael is going Hoover, which will make his first clue Cedric Ellis. Huh. Could be a million things here. Uh, could go in a million different directions. I've got to see clue two. Clue two is Charles Brown. Cedric okay. Ellis and Charles Brown. Yes. Um, Radio silence is is, is great. I know. Great I, I, I I'm. I think I've got it. I'm just trying to figure out the order. All right, we're um, talking out. Talk and, it out. And I I nearly did that faux pas. That that classic only connect faux pas of naming the next one, which is not which the is answer. Not the answer. Yes. yes, I need to name the fourth in the sequence. Uh, clue three is the one that I don't want to, uh, to name here. Um, so Cedric Ellis, Charles Brown, uh, I believe just, just talking out aloud here, I believe this is Morris Trophy winners, um, which would mean that 2010 more than likely would be Tyron Smith. Uh, and the answer would be number four, Matt Khalil. Is that correct? Are you locking that in? Yes. Matt Khalil. You are correct. What a guess. Oh. 
What a Three points, guess. baby. You, you get, put me back in the lead, 11 get, to 10. You get all the points for that. Well, not the five points, but yes, USC's most recent Morris Trophy winners in ascending order. Uh, 2007 for Cedric Ellis, 2009 for Charles Brown, 2010 for Tyron Smith, and 2011 for Matt Khalil. And is it is an utter shame that Leonard Williams did not it, win. It really is. The, uh, the Morris now, the Morris Trophy, remember, if people don't know, is the top lineman in the Pac-12 as voted on by the lineman in the Pac-12. Um, so I view it as one of the ultimate kind of honors because the people who are voting for you are the people who faced you. So it, it I think it means quite a bit. Um, yeah, Leonard Williams um, not not winning it in his time at USC is uh, pretty, pretty tough. But uh, yeah, Matt Khalil's the last Morris Trophy winner for USC, which says a lot about where USC has been over the last decade. Yes, indeed. Figueroa from Vermont. Okay, we're going fig. Two streets to have a Taco Bell. Huh. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, clue one for your sequence here. Is going to be Gary Jeter. Gary okay. Jeter. Uh, that could be anything. Defensive lineman. Uh, let's see where it goes. Clue two, please. Clue two. Tim Ryan. Another defensive Tim lineman. Tim Ryan. This is gonna. This this is gonna be rough because this is this is just outside of my knowledge base. Um, both defensive linemen. Both very good defensive linemen. Uh, I think both all American defensive linemen. Uh, probably led USC in sacks. Uh, at some point, uh, I don't just wouldn't be able to say what years. All right, let's see clue two. Clue, clue three. Sorry, please. Sean Cody. Can you name clue four? Or to finish off the sequence. Okay, Gary Jeter, Tim Ryan, Sean Cody. It's a sequence. So the thing I'm having trouble with here is, like, I know that they were all All-Americans, All-American uh, defensive linemen, but I want to say that... Uh, was there anyone... I mean, it could be Mike Patterson. Like, it could just be the order through All-American defensive linemen, but I don't remember if Patterson was before Cody or after. Um, my my knowledge in that time gets really muddled. Uh, I don't really have a better guess than that, so I'm gonna go Mike Patterson uh, for my final guess. Alicia, we're getting too many things right. Oh, it is yes. Mike Patterson, and the connection correct. I mean, was USC All Americans at defense at the defensive, defensive tackle, tackle position DT being the the. Uh, designation of note in the USC Media Guide. Uh, Gary Jeter, the first to do it in 1976, then Tim Ryan. He actually did it twice, 88 and 89. Sean Cody did it in 2004, along with Mike Patterson. They did it in the same year. Sean Cody's listed first. Uh, he gets the spot ahead See, of See, that's Patterson. that That almost tripped me up there. That almost tripped me up yeah. just because I was like, Mike Patterson didn't, like... He didn't predate Sean Cody significantly, right. so uh, that was... The, the other way to do this, I, I I could have done it by year. And then it could have been Jeter, Ryan, Ryan, and then you had to guess... Oh, guess Cody, Cody next? But then it would have been Cody or Patterson. That would have been tough. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. that would have been very tough for me. 
Um, that's that's either a good way. One, you, you you get uh, you get two points. I'm up to twelve. You, you take the lead. We're, 12, we're trading 11, back and forth here. Back and forth. Uh, give me Expo. Expo is the final one available. So your first clue is Sam Bam Cunningham. All right. Uh, give me clue two. I'm gonna need it. All right. Tony Baselli, Sam Bam Cunningham, and Tony Baselli. Hmm. I, I thought about um, Trojans in the College Football Hall of Fame, but Boselli is the most recent. No, uh, Polamalu is the most recent inductee. There's not two behind him, uh, so it can't be that. Um, give me clue three. Clue three after Cunningham and Boselli is Matt Leinert. What is the last in that? No, sequence? it is Troy Polamalu. It is college football Hall of Fame inductees. The most recent. Yes, in uh, you are correct. It's in. Uh, I forgot Liner got in, it again in ascending order. Yeah, it was Sam Bam in 2010, Tony Baselli in 2014, Matt Liner in 2017, and Troy Polamalu in 2019 you Baselli was 2014? 2014 was that long ago well that's the that's what i experienced when i saw that liner was 2017 it was like i thought like liner was last year that's <laughs> what i thought it's craziness yeah, I, dude okay that's, that's what screwed up my mind i thought Baselli just got in all right so you, I, I think i'm conflating his uh his well, run the, the for the pro nfl football, yeah he, he's too. been pro flirting football. with potentially yeah. getting the pro football hall of fame yeah um okay. so that gives you two you're up to 13 i have 12 this will be the deciding uh, deciding question. I have to get this right in order to win. Yes, you do. Uh, here we go. Uh, clue one for you is Notre Dame, 1977. Notre Dame, 1977. All right. Um, next. That's for next, five please. Points. The, the interesting thing is you don't have to. <laughs> I can take all three clues. You, you can take all three clues. Yeah. Given... The, given, given the, the points here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's, let's... let's just unveil them as they go. Yeah. Uh, clue two uh, is Penn State 2017. Huh. Penn State 2017. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Clue three, please. All right. Clue three. Final clue for you to see. Notre Dame 2017. So it's Notre Dame 1977. Penn State 2017, Notre Dame 2017. What is the next one in the sequence for the game? Can you get it? Uh, okay, so Penn State 2017 is the Rose Bowl. Um, Notre Dame 2017 was the... Was that the, uh, that wasn't the win in the rain. That was 2016, wasn't it? So 2017, USC goes back to Notre Dame and gets their pants beaten off of them, don't they? Um, hold on, let me, let me, I'm, I need to, I'm, I'm getting the, my Notre Dame years wrong. Let me just make sure that I have this right. So last year, 2019, USC loses to Notre Dame with Keaton Slovis. 2018, USC is at the Coliseum 
and loses to Notre Dame with JT Daniels in a tighter-than-expected battle. That means 2017 is that big loss at Notre Dame, uh, which doesn't seem to add up at all to the Penn State victory in that started that year. So, uh, nineteen seventy seven Notre Dame. I I'm not certain. Um, I, I guess I picked a good final one to to be the decider here. Yeah. Seventy so seven Notre th- Dame. Th- this is a sequence. So first Notre Dame nineteen seventy seven. Second Penn State twenty seventeen. Third Notre Dame twenty seventeen. What is the last part of the sequence? Okay. I am going to take a wild guess based on patterns. And what I see here is Notre Dame in a year ending in seven. No, that, no, it doesn't, hush. I was gonna I was gonna go with like something then not my final I'm I'm working this out. I was gonna go with something like Ohio State twenty seventeen because it was gonna be Notre Dame, Big Twelve, Notre Dame Big, Big Ten. Yeah, sorry, Big Ten. Notre Dame, Big Ten, Notre Dame, Big Ten. But seventy seven doesn't have anything to do with two thousand seventeen and two thousand seventeen is both of those years. So it, I am I am talking myself back into a circle here. Um, 77 Notre Dame, uh, I, I can't like, what was the Notre Dame 77 game even? It's not the AD games. Um, you're looking at me like this, like I should know this. And yet like, I'm so flummoxed. I'm I, so I, flummoxed. I can't say anything. Notre Dame 77, Penn State 2017. Notre Dame 2017. And, okay, what could come after? What could come after? We've got... Uh, screw it. I, I, I have no other answer. I, I, I'm at a loss. Ohio State 2017. That is incorrect. Yeah. I am going to show you the answer, and I want to see if you can get the connection. The the, the connection here. Okay. The, the answer would have been Iowa twenty nineteen. So it would have been Notre Dame nineteen seventy seven, Penn State twenty seventeen, Notre Dame twenty seventeen, Iowa twenty nineteen. What is the connection? Games. Still nothing? You give up? I mean you can't win at this point. I've won the game. I, I give up. I'm I'm I I I give up. I wanna know what the connection is. The last four teams to score forty nine uh, points against US. I was gonna go with something like margins or like points scored or something like I that. I knew that the, that it was gonna screw you because SC beat Penn State despite giving up the yeah, 49. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so that's such a good sequence to throw because that 
the win loss of it all really really messed with my head. No, that's 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 absolutely right. The la- the, the it was the point scored. Oh, yep. Last well done. The score well forty nine points. Uh, only five teams have scored exactly forty nine points against the Trojans. First to do it, Michigan in the nineteen forty eight Rose Bowl. Uh, and because Iowa did it, uh, they could not be in the only connect sequence. So there you go. All right. So I had an alternate for this round. You just want to throw it out there? I kind of want to just All throw right, it out let's, there. Let's, let's do it. To see if you get it. Because I, I, or I'm should curious I... what people at home think of this game, by the way. I lo- This has been the funnest it, thing we've it, ever done. It is, it is so fun. I hope it translates to... Uh, yes. What's the name? I, I really hope it's it It's been fantastic. It, it's, it's been, it's uh, been great. But or should I save this for the next? Do no, we want to risk just, the possibility of just, of just just give it? Okay, okay. So this was the alternate. Better yet, we are not going to tell people the, the answer. Ah, oh, there you go. Te- you, you, this is for the viewers. This for the is for the viewers. Home. Let us know what the final piece of the sequence is. Yes, and what the connection is. Yes. Okay, so the first clue is thirty-two to eighteen. Thirty-two dash eighteen. Okay. Okay. The second clue is 49 to 17. 49 dash 17. The third clue is 38 dash 24. 38 to 24. So to repeat, clue one, 32 to 18. Clue two, 49 to 17. I got it. Clue three, 38 to 24. You guys need to tell us what that final part of the sequence is and what the connection is. Michael can tell me off off air uh, <laughs> when he thinks he has it. So that's that's what we leave you with uh, with our, our our parting parting ways with with only Skinnect, which has been easily <laughs> one of the best game yes. shows that we've ever well, done on well, this. As let far us know as I'm what concerned. the sequence is. So, uh, the first one, thirty two to eighteen. Second one, forty nine to seventeen. Third one, thirty eight twenty four. What is the fourth and final piece of the sequence? And if you nail it, also let us know what the connection is. Um, yeah, tweet us uh, at Reign of Troy. Send us your emails, com. You know how to reach us. Uh, thanks for listening to Onlys Connect. And if you guys have sequences that you want to throw in, if this, if this hits you like the way that it hit me, because I really, really enjoyed this, mm-hmm. send us in your own sequences, whether we're talking round two where we have to... Yeah, and, uh, and fi- maybe send it send it in. I will look at the, the, the thing and then we can throw it to Alicia and challenge her. Yeah, there you go. So round one, remember, find the connection. You give four clues and they have to... The person has to uh, get the connection. Round two, connect the sequence. There you, are you know three what I'm going to do? I'm going to get an, an only connect... I'm gonna find one on YouTube and put in an episode into the uh, in into the show notes. Yes. So you guys can watch Only Connect and understand and understand how it works. Because <laughs> uh, I, I hope we explained fun. it. Well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll be right back and wrap this thing up with a mailbag. You've got mail. All right, we're back. But before we get to the mailbag, we are going to do some reviews here on Apple Podcasts. First one, uh, the go-to for all things USC, says Koalas Forever 25. Uh, Alicia and Michael do an amazing job covering SC, but if they continue F1 talk, I will unsubscribe and listen to Coach Harvey Hyde. 
<laughs> well, uh, yeah, we may have to start up a, a side side gig where we cover F1. But, a side uh, one talking about a side? A side one talking about side. Yeah. Uh, at least you have big opinions about Carlos Sainz. My my boy, we're not gonna I'm say very, we're not going to talk about it on the podcast. I won't. We're not going to talk about Ferrari. I won't talk about trouble. how sad I am that Carlos Sainz is going to join Ferrari we're, when they suck, and he's going to have to yeah, we're, we're mire in mediocrity until 2022. I won't talk about that at all. We, we will. We will not discuss how the Mercs are just dominating the season, and it's sad. But not going to discuss it. Uh, next one. Uh, Funkmasterfresh911 says, great listen, gave us five stars. Thank, Thank you, you. Very Funk simple. Master. Very uh, nice. The most recent one, we got a one-star review. Boo. Good old one-star review. Boo. That says, Ugh, from Hey Suckas. Castillo has the worst takes ever, like really ever. One star. I'm trying to figure out what what recent take did you give that prompted this uh, this review? I don't know. Um, I have great takes, so I I can't imagine what it could be. For the record, uh, not to gripe, but as a podcaster uh, whose livelihood depends on this show, um, if you're going to go out there and leave reviews, like leaving a one-star review is kind of a jerk move. They they can leave a one-star. People can leave a one-star review, but like... Like, you know, if you don't... They can leave a one-star. If you don't like the show... If you like us, leave a five-star. Yeah. If you like us, leave a five-star Leave a five-star review. review. Yeah, Make up for this one-star review that we yeah. got. But in general, if you don't like a show, like, don't leave a one-star review. Just put, like, a three-star review. He says I suck, though. A lot of people think I suck. I well, People I don't mean, like me. People listen for you. I already know how this You won goes. the only Skinnect, so clearly you don't suck that bad. Yeah, but people listen for you. They don't listen for me. Lies. This is, this is very They true. listen for F1 talk, Michael. Who we, we got this week at, uh, at Silverson? Uh, my boy. Carlos signs. Come on, he's not going to win. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go to the mailbag. Uh, we got a tweet from Evan. Rank USC's position groups on defense. I would think it goes DBs as the strongest, then D-line, and then linebackers the weakest. What do you guys think? Uh, Evan, you want to just like come on the pod and just take over for us because you nailed it? <laughs> um, I, I would say I, I think he do- did nail it. Um, DBs is the strongest only because I think we know what USC has at DB. Which, I, I think this is the biggest indictment on the D-line, the is, is that we can definitively say that the DBs are better. When, going into the last season, the DBs were the question mark. The DBs have no business being the best unit on the, on the defense. The D-line should absolutely be the best unit on the, on the defense. But I'm so wary of the D-line based on performances last year, based on, um, you know, as individuals... USC's defensive line is incredibly strong, but the you know between Drake Jackson and J. Tuvele, Marlon Tupelotu, Brandon Peely, like I feel very strongly that those guys can get the job done. But like as a unit, they just can't seem to get the job done consistently. At least, like it's very frustrating when USC has the kinds of pressure that they have, where it's feast or famine all the time, and that's in the run game, in the in the pass rush, all of that kind of stuff will impact your perception of that defensive line. So it should be D-line, DB's linebackers. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that it's not, the fact that I feel more confident in the unit that USC has in the secondary does speak a lot to, uh, to, to that. But at the very least, the D-line can be in that conversation. The really sad thing is that the linebackers aren't just the weakest. They are 
far and away, unquestionably, you can't even have a debate at this point about where the defensive, but where the linebackers stand in in those standings. Um, Pala Ianate, Ote, Solomon Tulipubu, and and those guys can do a lot of work uh, to rehabilitate that unit uh, this year. They and USC success pretty much depends on it. Yeah, I, I think you summed it up uh, quite well there. Let's go to a Slack message from LA Fred. Other than winning games in fall is set, what benefits USC's recruiting the most? A delayed start or no games at all? Um, a delayed start, I think SC needs those wins. USC if needs those games. If you're talking about guys like Corey Foreman and whatnot, you need those wins. Yes. Uh, if you don't play games this fall, USC's recruiting is not going to be able to progress because the negative recruiting will continue. And the perception of, well, is Clay Helton even going to be the head coach in two years' time will continue. And the best thing that USC could have in recruiting is to get out on the football field and look improved on defense right. and look up to their standards but, on offense and, and start to answer those questions. But but in terms of a delayed start versus no games at all, I still think it's a delayed start. Absolutely. Because you need games at some point. Yes. Mind you, SC has been recruiting very well this offseason. So um, I, I I don't know that, that the Clay Helton talk is running rampant right now based on where they stand right now, but games and wins certainly help that, uh, whether it comes in the fall or the spring. Uh, L.A. Fred also says if games do get delayed until spring, do you see any current players opting to sit out um, to maybe be ready slash healthy for the NFL draft? The only person I could think of, if we're talking about strictly for NFL draft purposes, the only player I could think of would be Amon Ross St. Brown. Because I think he's someone who has done enough in college football to get drafted, eh? Even with two years in college, and he is someone that we know his workout regimen, even on his own, will be completely up to par. I think he could do it. I don't know that anyone else could afford not to play for um, mm. for draft prospect reasons. Obviously, health reasons and, you know, personal uh, opinions about COVID and all that kind of thing, that's a completely side plot. But if we're talking about in r- retrospect to the NFL draft, Amara would be the only guy that I think could perhaps sit out for that. Um, I'll throw out Elijah Vera Tucker here. I think the big question there is, does he expect to go to the NFL as a tackle or does he expect to go to the NFL as a guard? Because if he expects to go as a guard, I think he's shown what he is as a guard. Sure. If if he came back with an eye on showing pro scouts what he can do at tackle and then he doesn't get to play the season at tackle, then that's a whole other sort of calculation. But I think there's a scenario where maybe he just says, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to I'm just going to head out. Jay Tufele could also make that argument. Um, Talano Hufanga could look at it from an injury perspective and just say, you know, get what he can now. But I don't know. He has. I don't know if he has the film. And I think he's somebody who really needs that defense to turn around and, and look better, so that he can look better uh, in that defense. Um, there's an argument for Tyler Vons. Uh, th- there's a better counter argument, but. Tyler Vons is is as good as he's going to get in terms of the physical um, uh, aspects of his game that he's not going to be able to like get any uh, get any more impressive on that front. Uh, but the counter argument for 
Tyler Vaughn's is he's so close to breaking USC records. You should just come back and break USC records and then go on to the NFL. Um, so, you know, that, that that's a calculation. But I think you're right. I think you're right about uh, about Amon Ra. He's the obvious. Um, the rest are just so much less obvious that it's harder to 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 logic it. That's that's not to say that players won't spurn our logic and just say, "Nah, I'm done." And I think there are a lot of guys that could do that if they if they so choose. Like Elijah Griffin and Isaac Taylor Stewart could certainly. Say you know what our physic our physical athleticism is going to be enough to get us through, and they could just say, "Let's get going now." Yeah, I, I, I could see it. I, I still think not uh, advisable yeah. necessarily, but I'm gonna be the one that I did the most comfortable with for sure. Um, we got an email from Andrew who says, "Turns out it was very smart to keep Clay Helton for all the serious financial mess USC is in now." Due to coronavirus, it could be a hell of a lot worse. They could have paid off Helton's contract and locked themselves into paying some powerhouse coach five to seven million dollars a year, uh, without knowing that they were going to lose over thirty million dollars in revenue. I get that we all hate Helton, but trust me, as fans, we don't want our athletic department in that hole. Now, by the time Helton is fired, athletic departments will be poor, and the market market will have changed, and those salaries will be cheaper. Good names will be available for good deals. Lord knows how many years that day is into the future, but it is clear that all was for the best. In this timeline when the pandemic happened, we are much better off waiting it out with Helton Andrew. I, I don't think that's a bad take. I, I, I don't think it's a bad, here's a bad the, look at it at Here's all, the sure. crazy thing. As bad and dumb as Helton's buyout was, Hilton's salary is still quite low for the caliber of program that USC is. Um, they should be paying their head coach and will be paying their next head coach there, a there's, hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, there's coaches making... Double. A, 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 yeah. A, more a than double. More than that. Yeah, because sure. I think the last we saw was at $4 million. That is pennies for a head coach in, the, in, this, in this climate. This goes back to, and I know that the argument is nobody was going to hire him away. But and, and I I get I get that argument, but any coach who wins a Rose Bowl and a Pac-12 championship in his first two years is going to want to raise, especially if Jimmy Sexton is your is your agent. Jimmy Sexton is the agent of all these great head coaches, like like Saban and all those SEC coaches. So of course he was going to ask for a raise, and uh, in the in the four million dollar range is not. Absurd, given what we know with with names like Mel Tucker and and what they had to, you know, Michigan State had to had to pay him, uh, leaving Colorado and Mel Tucker doesn't have the 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 experience as a head coach that, that Clay Helton does. Certainly, he has more experience um, at the assistant level, but that's you know beside the point. That I, I don't think Clay Helton's numbers in, in a vacuum are bad. It's the connection to where his expectations are at USC. And the performances. And, and, and the performances and all that stuff. You put that all together, um, and yeah, it's not great. And you combine that with the options that SC have, have had to make moves, and yeah, we can sit here until the cows come home and say that they should have made moves. Though, like, 
Andrew says, if there was a year in which they didn't, uh, this was to, the year to do that. I still think they should have made a move. Um, but it, in in hindsight, knowing what we know now, uh, it wasn't the worst time. Just like we talked about, this is the year to play Washington State because Nick Rolovich hasn't had time to to do anything at Washington State, right? And SC has that problem only on one side of the ball right now, not both. And yeah. that's because they kept um, Clay Helton, even though we all agreed they shouldn't have. Yeah, and the financial ramifications, I think, are the hardest for fans to grasp because especially at a place like USC where you look at it and you say, well, they should have enough money to go out there and pay whoever it is that they pay the max dollars to to bring them in. But, uh, you know, you still, even at an institution like USC, you still need to manage your dollars well. And we pretty much know that they haven't been managing their dollars well over the last uh, decade or so. So uh, the task that, uh, that, that, uh, Brandon Sosna and uh, Mike Bone have to deal with here is quite big, and it was already going to be a big task uh, to get the the athletic department up to standard uh, without the coronavirus stuff sort of creating a big setback. But on the football side of things, you could be dealing with significantly worse financials if you had made some more rash decisions and just thrown money around that you didn't have, and then all of a sudden the chickens come home to roost and uh, you're dealing with some some real problems. So I think uh, I think Andrew has a, a pretty decent point there in that email. Yes, indeedy. And uh, if you've got a good point, uh, let us know your points by emailing us at randomtroitfansider.com. Give us a phone call into the Random Troy Rant line, 213-373-1872. Uh, or shoot us a tweet at Reign of Troy on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, let us know if you've got the final connection uh, in our game of Only Connect. Again, finish off the, 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 the sequence. 32 to 18, 49-17, 28-24. 38-24. Uh, what is the last one in the sequence? Let us know. Let us know your thoughts on the game, too. Did... did did it do well? We we got feedback at the um, we, we talked about the F one my team game and, and the create a team game, and we got some feedback that it wasn't a good listen, and we said okay, well, let's go back to the drawing board and find a segment that that could work. So let us know if this is if this is a little better. We're always here to uh, get feedback and uh, provide something that you guys, the listeners, enjoy to listen to. So hopefully that's the case. Exactly. All right. Uh, Thanks for listening as always. Until then, we will see you. See you. See you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 